Amen. Thanks, Steve. So um, I had a, even though we're in lockdown, I had a message the other day from my dentist saying, you must attend your appointments on the dot, 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 dot. Um, and you must arrive 15 minutes before. And if you don't, if you have to cancel, you must let us know uh, when in advance. And it was very demanding. And uh, at the same time as that, uh, we also had a wedding invitation that came through, which was rather different, which was the, we request your presence. We'd love to invite you to our wedding. And just the difference in the way that invite took place. One was a demand and one was an invitation to come and join. And as we look today, we're going to focus primarily today on just Genesis 7. If you've got your Bible open in Genesis 7, 1, now, if you've got the NIV, it will say, God said to Noah, go into the ark, which is quite demanding. But actually, if you read it in the Hebrew, the word there for, for go or is actually the word bow, which also means to come. And I prefer actually the translation of come into the ark, which is what you find in the uh, King James Version. It says, come, Noah, into the ark. And there's just this difference between God making a demand of Noah Whereas actually when you read it as bow, the Hebrew word bow, it's a come into the ark, Noah. And the difference between that is one which is a demand and a command, but one is actually the invitation to come and be present with God. God wasn't calling Noah to go and do something apart from him. God was calling Noah to come and be in the place where he was. He would say, I am going to be with you. God's invitation to us isn't a demand. God's invitation to us is one to come and be where he is, to come and follow him. Jesus says to his disciples, come and follow. He didn't say, go and do something and then you'll be all right with God. He says, come and follow me. And this morning, I want to remind us of the invitation of God to come, to come and be where he is not feeling a demand to have to go and be something, go and do something and be this, that and the other, but actually to hear the words of come, come and be where I am, come into my presence. It says again in chapter, sorry, in chapter seven, verse one, that Noah found favor with God or that he was made right in his generation. Now the thing we know about Noah is it can be easy to read that and go, well, Noah's just a bit of a goody two shoes. So it's all right for him. But actually what we find out later on in the story of Noah is that Noah hasn't got it all together. He's not perfect. God's invitation is not based upon how good you are. God's invitation is based upon who he sees you as. God's invitation is based upon your desire to walk with him, your desire to follow him. For Noah, he is found to be righteous because he walks with God. What he is doing in the midst, as we looked at last week, in the midst of this generation that is kind of downwardly corrupting, away from the image of God, from God's original design, Noah chooses to live following and walking with God, just like Adam and Eve do in Genesis 2 and 3, that they walk with God. That's what Noah is striving to do in his corrupt generation, is he is striving to hear the voice of God, which says, come. Come and follow. Come and be where I am. Noah isn't trying to be a good two-shoes. What Noah is trying to do, he's striving to be where God is. That's what makes him righteous. 
is his desire in faith to follow. And for us, sometimes we can feel like we just can't, we're not, we haven't got it all together, that we're struggling to try and do the right thing. What God will say to you this morning is, come. God looks at your desire, your striving to follow him, rather than whether you manage to be perfect this week. God says, come. You see, when you follow, you find life. In this story, Noah follows God's command to come, the invitation of God to come, and he finds life. Noah's family hears the voice to come, and they join him in the ark, and they find life. The animals follow God's leading, and they come into the ark, and they find life. It's the following that leads to life. Not the being perfect, it's the follow that brings life. It's your desire, your striving to follow him that God sees. That's what God wants. How do you know that you're saved? How do you know that you're walking with God? Because actually, you'll notice that your strivings change. Your actions might not be perfect all the time, but your desire is for something better. Your desire is that you hope that you could do something better. God's not looking for you to be perfect. God's looking for you to strive after him, to follow. So hear God's voice this morning saying, come, come as you are. In your imperfectness, come as you are and find life in me. Come and follow. Not go and do a whole load of things and then I'll be happy with you. Come and just be in my presence because there is life and there is safety in me. You've heard me say before, the part of the Christian message is this, come as you are, but don't stay the same. Come as you are, but don't stay the same. God invites us to come where we are right now. However we find ourselves, he invites us to come right now, but he calls us not to stay as we are. He calls us to see transformation and change in our life. And As we follow, we discover this truth. You can't take everything with you into on the journey you collect everything with you into the next season of your life in this story noah takes seven of some kinds of animals he takes two of other kinds of animals but he doesn't take all of the animals he doesn't take the whole of creation on the boat with him he takes just some of them with him and as we go through situations in life where we face transition and change like we face right now as we move from one season to a new season, or as you move from being an unbeliever to a believer, what you'll find is that there are things from the past season that can't be carried into the future season. There are some things that can be carried, and God says, take this, take this, take this with you for the future season to come. But God says, you can't take everything with you, Noah. You can't take everyone with you, Noah. You can't take all of the animals with you, Noah. You can take the ones that I tell you to take. And this is the hard thing often about following Jesus is actually there is also a demand of us that as we respond to the invitation to come, as we are, it's to not say the same. That Actually, there'll be things that have to change and shift that there'll be situations in your life which God says, it's time to leave that behind. It's time to let go of that 
and walk in something new. And for us as a church right now, for us as a nation, for us as individuals right now, facing what we're facing, we've been shunted into a new season. That what was before, it will not be the same when we go forward into whatever looks, looks like next. For us, church will change. The fact that we've been using Zoom will change how we do various things at church, potentially. Of how we do services online, of how we do prayer meetings online, how we do stuff together, it will change. There'll be some things potentially that we'll, we won't do going forward because actually we've stopped and we've gone, actually we've had time to reflect and go, that's not for this next season. Noah doesn't take everything with him. And we've got an opportunity and a chance as a church as we go forward from this point on where we've stopped virtually everything we do to rebuild from the ground up again. And this story, which we'll look at in the next few weeks, is about a new creation that takes place as we go into chapter eight and onwards. We can choose together what we feel God is saying to create, what God is choosing to build as we recognize we can't take everything forward that was before. And in your own life, there'll be things that will be different going forward than they were before. It might be the fact for you, actually, there's just a more connectedness with certain family members. You've had an opportunity to spend more time with friends because you've been on Zoom or you've been on Skype or you've been on all the different mediums that you can use because actually you haven't had the business of other things going on. There'll be things that will have changed and be different going forwards because you can't take everything that was forward into this next season. That stopping of everything that was gives you an opportunity to reflect and see things differently and in a new way. You can't take everything forwards. And we read in chapter seven that the waters start rising, they start gushing, they start rising up and washing away so much of what was there before. So much of the old is washed away. And it says in First Peter uh, 3, 20, 21, Peter uses the flood image as an analogy for what baptism is like in our life. That As we choose to follow Jesus, to his invitation to come and follow, Baptism is a symbol of the old being washed away, that I'm not going to take everything from my past into my new future, that my past has been dealt with, my sin, my shame, all the things that I've done wrong has been dealt with, is washed away and I find new life in Christ. For us in our journey of walking with Jesus, you can't take everything with you on the journey. It's too heavy to take with you. It's too much to take with you. And one of the things we have to learn is how to let go of the past. Let go of those things that we clung to in a certain season that was right. But actually, now it's time to let go as we look to a new season. You can't take everything with you. So come as you are. Hear the invitation of God, but don't stay the same. You can't take everything with you going forwards so pray and ask god what things should you be taking forwards in your personal life what things should we be taking forward as a church together into this next season what things as a nation should we be taking forwards from this situation we find ourselves in you can't take everything with you so what are the things that are worth taking forward that lead to life what are the things of life that you've discovered in this time that actually you do need and you don't need?
because I've been amazed at how many things actually that I thought were important but actually don't seem quite as important during lockdown. And that's an interesting place to be, isn't it? A chance to reflect and actually to cut away some of those things and look at what actually brings life to us. So come as you are, but don't stay the same. But as we journey on with God, we will face raging storms. In the story of Noah, Noah still goes through the rain. God doesn't take him away from the rain. He has to still experience the storm. He has to experience the raging waters. However, when he faces the raging waters, where does Noah go? How does Noah respond? He responds to the come of God, the come and follow me of God. What does he do? He goes to the place of God's design, which is the ark. God was so specific about what a design looked like. And as we looked at last week about how what's going on in Genesis is this God's got a, a design for us, an original design that we, we downgrade and we downgrade and we downgrade and we downgrade. What Noah does in time of trouble is he goes back to God's design. For us, when we're finding things difficult and tough, the place we have to turn back to is God's design. What was God's original intent? And we find that in Jesus. We find it in Jesus. He goes to the place of God's design for safety and for protection. And for that, us, that is the cross of Jesus. We go to the cross of Jesus and we find this place of safety. We find this place of original design where we get to understand who we are and how much God loves us through the cross. We all face difficult times. But for Noah, because he chooses to respond to God and chooses to place himself in, the, in God's design of safety, when the waters rise, rather than being overwhelmed by the waters, he rises above the waters in the ark. But he still experiences the storm. And it's so easy, isn't it? And we know this. It's so easy to think that we shouldn't go through difficult times, but we do go through difficult times. But it's about whether we are in the ark experiencing difficult times or whether we are being overwhelmed by the waters away from God. When difficulties come, we need to respond to God's call and invitation. We need to recognize we can't take everything with us into that. And actually God's got a place of safety for us that means that although the waters will rage, we will rise above the waters. That As everything else is swept away, we will stay safe. We will rise above those things i love it in this passage where it says noah enters the ark and god shuts the door and there's lots of things we could talk about as to what that means but for me i just look at it as the um, psalm 139 verse 5 which says about how god hems us in behind and before it's saying god keeps us safe that when we face things, God hems in, God keeps us safe. God shuts the door on the raging storms and keeps us in a place of safety. But Noah still experiences the ups and the downs of the storm, the ups and the downs as the waters rage. But he's not overcome by it because God hems him in behind and before. It says in Isaiah 43 verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. And I love that because it says, when, not if. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the fires, you will not be burned. It's not if you go through a fire, I'll be with you. 
The expectation is that in life, we're going to face things that are difficult. And God says, so when that happens, I'm going to be with you. Not if it happens, it's a when it happens. <laughs> when you face a national crisis, I am with you. Not if it happens, but when it happens, I am with you. God is with you when it happens, not if it happens. He's always with you. His command is to come and follow me. Find safety in my design. Come and be where I am. Find safety in me because when it happens, I want to be with you, God's saying. I want to be with you. And so as the waters rage and as the waters increase, what we find is Noah is in the ark and it's bobbing along. And he has to learn. Have you ever been on a boat when it's been a bit choppy? Me and Hannah went to France back in October and it was really quite choppy on the way over there. And both of us felt quite ill. And uh, if, if you've ever been on a boat when you're doing this, you have to try and work out how to walk. And you kind of, it's a bit like, whoop, whoop. And initially you, you try and walk as you normally walk because that's what you're used to doing. And then you suddenly discover that you can't walk that way. You have to do this weird kind of waddly walk on the boat to be able to compensate for what's going on. And what we learn in this place for Noah, in this place of isolation in the boat, is that he learns that how he'd been doing life before isn't how life will look going forwards. He had to adapt and adjust to how the wind and the waves were affecting the boat. But what's interesting, I just call it a boat there, but actually it's not a boat because the ark doesn't have a rudder. It has no way of controlling where it's going to go. It just floats. It just rides the ups and the downs of the waters and the waves until they calm out. And for so many of us, when things start going wrong, the thing we move towards is to try and control the direction of travel that we're going in. We try and control what's going on and we find we can't and it gets us into a complete tiz that we try and bend reality to our will to make it fit what we need it to be. We try and walk normally when the boat's doing this. And you very quickly realise you can't do that. And what you've got to learn is that actually you've got to walk with the ups and downs of life. You've got to adjust your walk. You've got to bend your reality to fit what's going on around you. This is what Jesus says in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. And isolation and this time where we find ourselves in lockdown is a great opportunity for us to learn the fact that we can't control the situation. And that actually, we've got to be the ones that change, not the situation's got to be the thing that changes. We've got to learn how to walk on this choppy boat rather than trying to walk normally and work out why it's not working. I just want to finish with um, a bit of a, a quote from someone who um, was in prison. And it's about what they discovered in solitude about life. And I just thought this was really helpful for me to understand the idea that as the waves of life affect us right now, as we're in this uncertain time where we're kind of just, we're just floating. It feels like there's no direction. We're not quite sure where it's going. It's just the ups and downs. What does it look like for us to learn something about this time? What can we learn about walking with God in this time? Let me share this. This is from someone who experienced time in prison. Solitude challenges you to look at things differently. Before prison, my worldview had been rather limited and selfish. 
I was known to throw terrible tantrums as I tried to bend reality to my will. But peace depends on my bending to reality. Life wasn't all about me. I had to learn what was within my control and what wasn't. I also discovered that uh, times existed, sorry, I also discovered that time existed in relation to my emotions or to my experience. It is slowed or sped up according to my ability to be present. So I learned how to flow with it, not rushing, not procrastinating, but fully engaged in whatever was before me. Freedom was finally within my reach. But when the walls threatened to close in around me again, what did that look like? It was simple. It was as simple as paying attention, to read a book carefully, to listen to others more deeply. I stopped mindlessly flipping through the channels of my mind. I gave my full attention to every activity, no matter how small it might be. Full engagement strengthened my gratitude and gratitude strengthened my will. Well, this person is saying that in solitude, they realized that it couldn't be about them anymore. That actually it was the ups and downs of life. And actually, rather than trying to bend reality to his will, actually he had to learn to flex with what was going on around him. And as you do that, it's about being present and being mindful of what's going on around you and feeling it, walking with it, journeying with the ups and the downs. Reading more carefully, listening more deeply, being more present in the activities that he was engaging in. And in that, finding a gratitude that just brings joy. The more grateful you are, the more joy you will have. So in this time of floating, in the ups and the downs, I pray that you would learn to be present in what you do. Present in how you are. And recognise that you can't control this. And that's okay. But we're in God's hands. We're in God's ark. And he said, come and be where I am. Come and join me where I am. And find safety find life and you can't take everything with you and things will be different going forwards but as we float right now as we bob up and down in the uncertain waters we learn to be present in what we do we learn that we can't bend reality to our will but we have to learn to flex to reality as we find it and as we do that being present we find a gratitude in the small things that maybe we didn't see before. So come as you are, recognize that you can't stay the same, you can't take everything with you. And it's okay just to spend some time floating and learning what it means to live in the ups and downs of life, being present and being grateful. Let's pray. So Father God, we thank you that you call us to come into your presence, to find safety in you. Lord, thank you that you say that when the waters rise, when we go through the fire, Lord, you will be with us. Lord, thank you, you create a space for us to rise above what would have otherwise overwhelmed. 
Lord, help us as we negotiate the things that we can and we can't take forwards. The things that we're sad and the things that we're grieving right now from the past. The things about our life that we enjoy, the things that we found life in, but Lord, that those things have come to an end. Lord, help us work out what the future might look like. Lord, help us learn to live in the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of the waters. Recognising that we can't control reality, but Lord, we can learn to flex with it. Lord, saying, not our will, but your will be done. So Lord, help us be present in all that we do. And help us find gratitude in the small things in this time. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.